Welcome to Resi Talk, where real estate sales instructors have unfiltered conversations about real estate with industry leaders and inspiring people. On this episode, we have Giselle Benetti. She's an agent who has grown her success by finding her calling, helping professional athletes buy and sell homes in South Florida. Her story is really inspiring. Stay tuned. If you are loving what you're hearing, as we know you will, make sure you visit resitalkpodcast.com and sign up for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome to Resi Talk. I am your host, Cassandra Gallego, and I'm sharing the podcast stage with my fabulous co-hosts, Pam Victorias and Laura Gilmore. Today, we have the fabulous Giselle Benetti joining us. Giselle is a realtor to professional athletes. She's a social influencer. And after this interview, Pam, Laura, and I were all going to her house for lunch because yes. girl can throw it down in the kitchen. <laughs> welcome, Giselle. Hey. Hi. Welcome, welcome, Pam. Let's get to know our guest. You want to ask her your this or that question? Absolutely. Welcome, Giselle. So excited to have you um, on the podcast today. This or that is just kind of a rapid fire answer to get to know you a little bit better. So uh, do you prefer a phone call or a text? Text. All right. Do you work late or you get to work early? Early. <laughs> All right. An early riser. I love that. Uh, are you Mac or PC? On a Mac. <laughs> On a Mac. Ooh, our first Mac cast. I know. I think everybody else was a PC. Finally, I'm a Mac girl too. What did you love about Mac? I got to know. Um, I started, I only got into it because um, I love uh, photojournalism and videos. And when I had my first son, Bryce, I wanted to create movies of his like his whole year. So at that time, I don't know if you guys remember those beautiful, colorful laptops from Mac. <laughs> they had the iMovie. So that's why I got oh, it. Yeah. So I just kind of, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? I that's fix. it. I'm a big iMovie fan myself. So I totally agree. All right. So speed or accuracy? Speed. <laughs> Common answer. Are you a vacation or a staycation? I know from your, from your post, you're always away. So I knew the I have to, I have to ask you, where's the, I mean, I stalked you on, on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what is the, your favorite place you've traveled to? Cause your pictures are incredible. France. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Any particular place in France? You know, it's crazy. Cause, um, we, we went there on a fluke. We were really wanting to spend our 10 year anniversary in Italy and things didn't work out. So we flew to London and said, what the hell Let's take the train. And we went to France. So when I first got there, there was this feeling. I'm very, I'm all about energy, and there was an energy that made me feel comfortable. I didn't know what these people were saying. I was trying to read. It's the croissants. It's all the butter. I was trying to read body language, but I love the food. I love. I'm a Libra by trade, so I'm very into art and romance and movies and songs Aww. that make you tickle and sense. And so. I feel like when you're walking in France, you're like in La La Land the entire time. <laughs> yes, and it's so like a movie. We kept going back, which is, I'm a horrible flyer, FYI. I only do it if it's like super worth it. And so my, my husband's like, so where do you want to go? I'm like, back to France, back to France. And so he's like, what is it with you? And I'm like, I feel, I feel like I belong there, right? Oh. So I have a French name, Ooh. which totally a coincidence. My parents are Dominican Italian. So it's like, how did they come up with that? So everywhere I went there, by the way, they, this is the way they say it. You can continue saying it like this throughout the interview. <laughs> Giselle. Wait, say it again. Giselle. 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 
Giselle. Giselle. Yeah. I love and it. And so everywhere, everywhere I'm like, please say my name again. They're like, Giselle. So um, I did the Ancestry DNA. And guess what, ladies? I am 20% Spaniard, 21% French. Ooh. Wow. I, my instinct was right. <laughs> what we find in a little drop of spit. It's amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. I love it. I love That's it. That's so cool. See, you knew. Giselle. Or, yeah, Giselle. Yeah. Like Mademoiselle. Maybe. I love that. Lala. <laughs> so since you are uh, obviously the key to all things super athlete, I got to ask, are you a football, a baseball, or can you not answer um, oh. because it might affect your business? Totally, <laughs> totally baseball. I'm Dominican. <laughs> That's awesome. And then last, are you an audiobook or a traditional book or you just don't care and it's no book? Audio. Audiobook. That is interesting. So you're the first one I think to say audio. So do you do it uh, in the car? When do you listen to your books? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, doing laundry in the car. Um, I don't know what it is. I fall asleep if I read. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of friends who do that. So I don't know if you know, but we have a statewide book club. And so I have to ask, do you have an industry favorite book that you've loved? Not, can't say Daniel Steele. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm honestly, I have to be very candid. I'm not much of those people that collect books. I think it's great. Um, I started getting into reading when I wanted to understand thought process. Like I mm. wanted to understand mm -hmm. how other people thought, why some things brought me a certain way and others. So I started with a lot of self-help books. Mm -hmm. And then those things led me into, um, you know, faith-based books. So I will finish any faith-based book, anything that talks. <laughs> I am a testimonial, walking, living, proving, sucking, breathing person. Yeah. So <laughs> if it's real and you did something amazing that was like super higher power helped you, I'm reading it. I'm it's, so it's inspiring. Well, I love that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Anything that, that has to do with like people that inspire me, Jim Ron, um, I know that he's passed away, but like people who continue max uh maxwell john maxwell those yes mm -hmm. love his books so okay well fantastic thank you for that answer i love that so I, I guess along those lines you could probably write a book about your story you have such an inspirational story you you come from humble beginnings you were born in the dominican republic you started serving tables actually in new york and now you sell incredible properties for professional athletes how did you get here from there how how and how do you continue to use those opportunities to create new ones? For that. <laughs> <laughs> we need the cliff note version. We only got a half hour. <laughs> now it's now it's spark notes, right? <laughs> Listen, I always tell people that um, you there's you're you're definitely born with a purpose. There's some there's a reason why. I mean, if you did the numbers and you did the math, how a person is created is like one in I think it says seven billion ways of that happening right coming to fruition for nine months and then living your life so i'm a big believer that if you have this body it's for something that you're supposed to do here and so for a long time i was a little bit like moses in the wilderness going around in circles but i had a desire to serve i had a desire to bring honesty anywhere i went even when i was a waiter would people would tell me what's the best deal you know as a waiter you're pushed to put your push to sell the special of the night, right? Like that's the most expensive plate. And so therefore, if you do the math, you know, as a waiter in New York calculated, right? That's the most tips that you get. But I would always just be like, what are you in the mood for? I would try to get to know the person to then really give them what they wanted versus what they were telling me to give them. And so that 
I said that character opened a lot of doors for me. And yeah, I really God. landed in real estate out of a fluke. I think I've said this story before. I was uh, <laughs> very fortunate. I had made some decent money trying to act in LA. <laughs> and when I moved it back to South Florida to, you know, he's now my husband to date my now husband, um, we were gonna buy, I was gonna buy a house. So I literally was like the guy at the pre-construction place was like, well, do you have a realtor? And I'm like, no, do I need one? And he was like, well, you should have somebody read your contract. And mind you, I'm 21, buying my first property. Um, I thought for some reason, if I don't invest this money, it'll fly away. It was a good call on me, yep. my part. Mm-hmm. And I was driving on Pines and I saw a sign in university that said, um, you can get your real estate license for $4.99 or something like that. And the attorney was charging me $6.99. And then on the bottom, it said, no joke learn how to read contracts and I go bingo that's what I need wow that is so funny I was just sent, that sign was sent for you and oh. you saved 200 bucks there you got <laughs> when I took the course uh I'll never forget that gentleman's name he says to me so where are you gonna sign up I go nowhere I, I just took this course so that I can go home now and you know go read my stuff I, and he's like no you don't understand you need to take the state you need to be a realtor and I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I so see you doing this. If your personality, everything. And I'm like, are you like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I have to say, he did give me a little nudge. And uh, he was right. And I got to say, uh, just the secret sauce in your, in your being a chef and in the cooking, uh, in the cooking world, I have to go back to your comment. And we really think we should highlight it, that you said that you really got to know or wanted to get to know uh, your customers, even when you were waiting, uh, as far as what they really wanted. And I think that that translates so beautifully into why you're such a success as a real estate agent. Absolutely. I, I really think it actually gives you some pretty cool opportunities, right? Because people love to be able to share their stories. And, and I love that you, you're sharing yours. Uh, but there's a story that I heard about you. Uh-oh. And I, <laughs> and if I don't ask this, I'm pretty sure our boss, Brandon Hines, will, will, will kill me because he has an obsession with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> and uh, two of us. <laughs> I heard a little, a little birdie told me that you got to meet Oprah. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? I did. I did. And, you know, I know this is totally unrelated to real estate, but everything is a circle of everything coming together. And so if anybody wants to apply this towards real estate, you can take this story. But ever since I was 17, I felt like that was my mama on TV. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her, I was like, I don't know if you know this, but you have a Dominican daughter that lives in Denver. (laughs) And she was like, really, do I? I'm like, yeah, because I love you. And you were my mama since I was 17. No, but seriously, I did tell her, I don't know if you know this, but I'm like in love and obsessed. But when I was maybe six years ago, she came down to Miami. I don't know if you ladies remember for the Live Your Best Life tour. Mm-hmm. And so I got tickets because I'm an old fan. And of course, I went there to soak up the wisdom. But me being me, I'm like, no, I'm going to give her a letter. I'm going to give her this letter and she's going to read everything that I have in my heart for her, how she helped me, you know, how she inspired to open up my ministry for my kids in DR. I'm like, I have to give her this letter. So of course I pour out my heart and soul on like four pages. And I go to, to the my American Airlines Arena every day. I was the first person as soon as those doors open. 
and it was like pretty much sit wherever you can. It's like an open concept, you know, conference. And I kid you not, every single time that I would sit in a section thinking she was going to walk by it, because she would actually come down on stage and like walk amongst the people. She would go to the other side. Oh boy. And I was so upset. And I was like, every day I'm like, God, God, you know, in my heart, God, you know what I want? You know, I want this lady to read this letter. I just want to give it to her. I don't even have to talk to her. I swear this is what I said. I don't even have to talk to her. She just has to read this letter. And three days go by, nothing further away from me. For now, she's even going up. Like, I'm like, really? <laughs> she's in the nosebleeds now. And you're, so, and like, you're at the front and row. And like coming out of like different areas where people were like, oh my God, it's up right. And I'm like, that would have been a perfect opportunity for me. Nothing happened. So I get in my car, super disappointed, super sad, like really mad at God. Like, you know, you put me in that building with that lady and I pour my heart every day for three days. I drive out here and I tell you, yes, today's the day. Today's the day. She's gone. I had her in the building and you let her go. <laughs> and I heard clear. I might sound crazy for a lot of people listening to this podcast, but it is Giselle and I will keep it real. <laughs> Do not be upset for you will be closer to her than you ever imagined. Wow. And I was like, whatever, God. I wrote the I wrote, broke up the letter in the car, broke it up. Ripped it up. <laughs> yeah, ripped it up. Oh up. no. Five years later, I get a call from a friend. Hey Giselle, I have a birthday gift for you. I'm like, what? It's it's not my birthday, girl. It's me. She's like, Yeah, but you're gonna like this birthday. It's for next year. And I'm like, what is it? She's like, Oprah's coming on a cruise with Gail. So I'm like, <gasps> I'm all over it. And so she was like, I got you tickets, don't worry. So of course, again, I'm like unless this lady jumps off this ship <laughs> you have to rewrite the letter though because you ripped it up, you ripped it up. I, didn't. I Wait, remember did we circle back to the friend that bought her a i know i need right. a friend i want that friend <laughs> i knew i was in love but you know what it worked out for her because she got to meet her too <laughs> there you go oh there you go so i get on the cruise and i can't sleep so i go to the gym and i'm thinking oprah's into fitness she might be in the gym too and why not go early when nobody's here but she wasn't so I leave, I take a shower, I get dressed. Long story short, I get a call from my friend while I'm at the buffet. You know, we're in open sea now, so the reception is not that great. And she's like mumbling, come to the gym, come to the gym. And I'm like, what? Do you want eggs? What do you want? And she's like, get yourself to the gym. I can't speak loud. So something in me says run. So I <laughs> run to the gym. And when I walk in, Winfrey was in all her greatness right there on a treadmill and I kid you not I didn't even have to look for her I walk in and my it's just the energy I immediately (laughs) look towards her so I was giving you know being nice and not a stalker even though I was a stalker (laughs) I was fully dressed this is her story this is what she says I was fully dressed with perfume and makeup and here I am and I see an opportunity to get on that treadmill next to her and I jump on my (laughs) Please tell me you were wearing heels because that would tie it all together. Listen, I had nice chanclas and I kicked them off so I stayed barefoot because I didn't know what to do. I was so nervous too, so I turned it on. I have a dress and I turned it on and I'm walking on there. <laughs> Just chilling next to Oprah. So she turns around and like I said, Miss Winfrey, and she was like, yes. And I pretty much just told her, I, you know, I did five years ago, this happened. And I have you in front of me now, and there's just absolutely no way I was going to wait for you to finish your workout, girl, but it got loud in here with a lot of people. And I said, "Um, there's nothing I can get you. You're Oprah. 
but I'm very rich in spirit. Can I pray for you? And she goes, now? I said, yeah. So she goes, okay. So we did it. And wow. I was ready to go. I didn't care to get off at the Bahamas one more day of my life. I was that ship could have turned around and come home because I felt that I did what I want, what I did, what I felt in my heart that I needed to do. What I didn't know was that that night she would call me up on stage. So you really completed your goosebumps. purpose here. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Yeah. So that's what she shared. She shared, and this is the story is, you know, she said, I wanted to talk about Giselle's story because. Giselle did everything in her power. She bought the ticket to go. She showed up every day. She had the intention. She wrote the letter. Everything was heartfelt. It didn't happen, but she was like, then the universe comes in and steps in and makes all these other things happen for you. You just have to surrender, like do as much as you can within your power and then surrender the rest. But I think what I felt the most when she called me, when she called my name, I wasn't expecting her for her to call my name, but when she called my name, I remember my prayer was this. And this is why I think the Oprah story is so beautiful. It wasn't so much meeting her. She's a human people get over yeah. it. She's just like us and whatever. She, yeah, she's an amazing soul, but she's just a human. But the thing that got me was when she called my name in this auditorium with like, I don't know, 700, 800 women, some of them were speakers, authors. I mean, she brought a bunch of people on that cruise. She said, Giselle, get up. And when she called my name, I remember my knees like were giving out. I'm like, girl, get up. You have been working. So when I went to get up, what made me ball and I just started crying. And I know she probably thought, oh, you know, making her emotional was what I heard. Isn't this better than a letter? Mm. Oh, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I know. We've cried in every episode. What's happening? Oh, I mean, so she called me and she said, I'm going to send you the picture. I'm going to text you ladies the picture. There's a oh, picture please. of her holding my hand that my friend took when we were standing by the stage. And she, she did something that it's, it's crazy to me because I asked for a special moment. And Gail said, in all my years of knowing her and doing this with her, no one has ever wanted to deposit. Everybody wants something from her, a photo, right. picture. And she goes, this is the first time. So Giselle, get up, where are you? And when she called my name and I heard, isn't this better than a letter? It reminded me that probably a lot of people are probably like, I wanna do what Giselle does and I see it so far-fetched. And so it was for me. Like I'm going right now over a list of top agents with my business partner, Nairobi. And I'm reading these names and I'm like, my God, I worked with Jorge and I worked with this guy and I worked with that. And I remember stalking them and <laughs> thinking to myself, like, I can't wait till one day I'm showing these kind of houses. And now it's here. That's awesome. That's well, crazy. It started with deposits though, right? Like you came from, even with Oprah, you came from a place of service. You came and asked her what you could do for her versus like, Hey, can we take a picture? Can you autograph this book? I mean, Girl, you were in makeup and a dress on a treadmill. <laughs> I know, everybody called me treadmill girl on the cruise. <laughs> I, I think that just goes to say you do whatever it takes sometimes to fulfill your purpose, yes. to get your success, to get where you need to go. Tell us a little bit about, you mentioned it before, of the Ministry of Giving, that char charitable organization that you founded. How does that giving back not only help you personally, but help you in your real estate career? Well, um, you know, I was born in the Dominican Republic. I'm very grateful for everything that um, 
I've been able to do here in the U.S. I'm an American citizen, my children, my husband's a fireman, um, you know, but my heart has always been for kids, for children. And um, when I found out that in the Dominican Republic, we have the highest rate of trafficking humans, especially children, because it's so accessible. It's an island. Nobody stops anybody. And most of these kids are just wandering the streets because there's nobody to take care of them. And the majority of them are Haitian descent. Unfortunately, sadly to say, my government doesn't really like to take care of them too much. So I figured as a Christian that I am, I want to step in where somebody is not. So I felt it in my heart that this was something I needed to do. And because I work with so many Dominican athletes, a lot of them have been, you know, very big um, names. For example, Mr. Hanley Ramirez, which is absolutely okay with sharing. He's okay with me sharing. He played for the Marlins here. He was a a very big role here for us. And he did a lot of events and raised a lot of money. Um, Dan Marino was the first one to jump on board, signed a couple of footballs for me when I had this listing. So, so many guys are like, yeah, we're game. We'll help you. And I thought, what a great way to turn um, what I do for a living into a purpose. Right. So I decided to open it up as a full nonprofit, 5013C, legit foundation that you can make your donations to and you get your receipts and all that. And I figured, you know what? I'm already working with these guys. Some of them have their own foundations as athletes and then I take a certain percentage when they buy or sell through me and I give it back to them that's awesome that is so I I just every every time you answer a question I keep getting goosebumps and I might start crying again that's amazing no crying no crying <laughs> no crying uh so I'm gonna you just mentioned you're married to a husband uh married to a husband married to a fireman <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the market's on fire, and we are noticing in global luxury, it, it's there's no ends. It's on fire in every market. So how are you handling the the conquer and divide of family life, of staying focused and staying uh, connected to your family? Yeah, so I think a lot of that has to do with time management. Yeah. For a long time, especially if you're in this business, you can't really say, I'm only going to work from this time to this time because you're gonna, you can get a call any minute. Um, but when I switched to the luxury market, my time became more manageable because you got to think not everybody's coming to see five, six million, seven million dollar homes. Um, but having said that, there's still so much that you do in the back end. You know, I'm not calling my clients every day, but I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to push that listing to somebody's face every day. <laughs> so I wake up super early, my friend. That's why I said I'm an early person. And I block at least 5.15 to 6.30, just some G time. I work out. I do my meditation. G time, I love it. And I come home. And once I come home and that 9 o'clock starts, it's like go, 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 go. Not every day. Everything gets done, guys. Um, You know, it's okay. I learned to live with that. It's okay. That was very hard for me in the beginning. (laughs) And... um, just pacing it out, working, seeing what works for you. Some people are, like you said, some people are not great in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I actually am more creative in the morning. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. So, you know, you have to do what works for you. If you're, if you like working late, 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 and you like to put the kids to sleep, and you rather go to two in the morning and wake up later, then great. <laughs> yeah, that is me. For me, forget it. I'm like so- a are you a time blocker? Like, do you set your week in advance? Do you get up every day and say, my day changed? There's nothing in advance with me. Nothing. Okay. 
Everything is boom, 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 go, go. Whatever comes, I do block that morning time. And because nobody's really calling me mm -hmm. at that time, I do block that. Yeah. Well, you got it. If you don't spend time on yourself, you're not growing, you're not getting better, and you're no good to anybody else. That's it. Amen. That's fantastic. So I got to tell you, Giselle, you, sorry, Giselle, <laughs> you mentioned uh, Hanley Ramirez, yeah. who happened to be present when I met my husband. Just saying. Oh. I know all the stars are aligning. I met my husband at the groundbreaking for Marlins Park. And then he proposed to me after I sang the national anthem. I know. I saw that video. Beautiful. Ah, I love it. See, I told you I'm on a mission to become famous. I'm that still hasn't happened for me yet, but I'm working on it. Remember <laughs> what I said, intention and universe. That's it. That's it. Well, the reason I bring this up is you've obviously been able to interact and work with some pretty high profile people. Well, and, and, and while still maintaining a really down to earth, very approachable. Like, I want to be your best friend. Every time I talk to you, I just want to be friends with you. Um, what's, um, what's your best advice that you can give our listeners on how to remain down to earth and, and, and while still engaging with these high profile buyers and sellers? Um, oh my gosh, I was on a panel date a couple of weeks back and I was on a panel with a lot of people that do what I do. And it just, it brought up it brought up to the surface because I'm kind of always in my own bubble. Um, that there's many ways that people get to do what I do. There's many methods. There's many. There's a lot of different things that work for different people, and that's fine. But for me, I've come to find out that the more authentic you are, if you want to sell million dollar homes, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a million dollar car, or you know what I mean, or like you know, constantly be like, you know, trying to fit the part. And I'll be honest with you, none of my clients have ever cared what I buy, what I wear. I mean, obviously you dress the part and you, you, you know, I know some clients, you have to know how to read people that are super cool with me being touchy and kind <laughs> and hugging them. And then I know some clients that are like, Hey, you know, and so you just kind of have to know who you read. But I think that the thing is that the same way you're reading them, they're reading you. Right. So if they smell fake mm -hmm. and they can smell fake because if they got there, they know how to weed people out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If they can smell fear, fake, don't know what you're doing. Um, not a hundred percent sure. Or you don't have my best interest at heart. You just want to say you're working with so-and-so they'll, they won't go with you. They'll drop you. You know what I mean? So I'm the kind of girl that will go to an $8 million listing. And if the floors are dirty before I show it, I say, excuse me, I'm going to roll up my sleeve. I go to your pantry. And even though you have two nannies, I'm going to mop your floors <laughs> because, and I think that that's the thing that has been the key for me, that people take notice of that. You know what I mean? And so they're like, oh, we feel comfortable with you. You know, they, they'll leave the keys to their, I'm telling you, I did this whole concierge con business out of people just calling me. Hey, my alarm went off. I'm in California. Can you go see what happened? Like, that's what it, that's what it became. Or, you know, oh, my daughter's going to have a birthday. And, and do you know anybody who, you know, can come set this up? And maybe you want to open the door for them to do it. Like, those kind of things. And I was always very, like you said, into service. I never said no because I was never like, I'm just a realtor. No, I'm whatever you need me to do. On that note, can you tell us a little bit more about that concierge service that you developed for real estate? 
I did. I just pretty much, it's, it's very small. It's selective. I'm a big, 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 huge believer. It's not about in the numbers, it's the quality. And so my Rolodex of clients that I've had when they're not here playing, I like move their cars, turn them on, set it up, uh, stock their fridge. Um, before COVID, when mm-hmm. the Yankees used to come or the Mets to train in Palm Beach. Let's or, go Mets. Or, or the Boston Red Sox in, in Fort Myers. I would not only look for the property for them and rent it, but I'd stock it up. And I would go on their Instagrams, their wife's Instagram pages. I would take a screenshot of the picture. I would print it and put it in a picture frame in the house. Oh, my God. So that when they walked in, they would feel like they're still with their family while they were in training. And that was something that all their wives were like, oh, thank you. I always do that. And I forgot this year. Or we were in such a rush that I didn't send any family photos with him. And so once I got into the business, I started to see where I can be different. And, you know, Mm -hmm. have something show a little extra detail. And so I think I think it shows a lot that you just care to think about things like that. Those little details when you are in such a busy, busy uh, business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, women, women think about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We are multitaskers. Well, you mentioned the wives, the wives of all these professional athletes. And so you've had to navigate some pretty big personalities, I'm sure. And not just from the athletes, but their wives. (laughs) How do you, how do you go about that? How do you, when you go on a listing appointment or when you are meeting with them, how do you balance that and make sure that everyone feels heard by you? It's interesting because when I first got into the business, um, I would be introduced to these guys through like sports managers and financial advisors. And, um, it was always him, him, him. And then there was always, oh, this is the wife of so-and-so. Like, it was never their first name. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all because I'm a woman and I don't want nobody addressing me as so-and-so's wife. So when I was introduced, I would always turn my attention to the wife. <laughs> so in a conversation, like, for example, I'm just going to give you an example. I remember I had a guy that told me, oh, I have, I have a, a friend of mine who's an agent who is you know, brother could do it for this many percent, whatever, whatever. And so instead of like addressing my question to him, I would turn to his wife and I would say, how do you feel working with a family friend? So it became where they, the wives were like, "Hmm," you know, so I ended up becoming friends with the wives because honestly, I'm not going to call these guys. I don't call them. I really (laughs) don't. I have their number in there, but I always check in with the wives. You know, I'm a wife, I'm a woman. I respect Right. And I know in this industry, it could get, you know. Right. So I try to, you know, keep a very thin. And so if I'm going to do a showing, I take both of their numbers and I always deal with the wives. First of all, as a woman, I know that the wife rules in that house. It's right. Like my big fat Greek wedding. I love that line. The the <laughs> man is the head of the home, but the woman is the neck, right? Happy, happy wife, happy life. So I always befriend them. And yes, you're going to have fabulous personalities and then you're going to have you know, I had a guy that came to see a house the other day, one of my listings, and his car looked like it belonged in the movie Armageddon. I mean, it was just like crazy car. Dude, talking the and talk so and dropping the cheese. <laughs> he gets into my listing and I go, you know that if you're driving that you want me to film you. I told him and he started laughing and the agent was like panicking. I'm like, relax, lady. It's just a person. So I just, I start filling him and I'm like, if anything goes down in the U.S., this is the car I want to be in. Cause it looked like it. I'm telling you. A rocket ship. <laughs> right. 
the back of it said apocalypto. It was crazy. But that type of personality, like not taking yourself too serious when you're dealing with multi-million dollar people, is so much nicer than when you're a stiffo and like just right. sort of jerk. You know what I mean? So it's gotta be refreshing for them too be because yourself. yeah, you're real. It's awesome. So I I think I know because my ADD probably got the best of me. You were telling us your story when we first got started. And so, and, and then somehow we got to showing these amazing uh, athletes homes and, 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 and be, being friends with their wives. But how did you get that first customer? How did you break into this whole world? I, going back to everybody should have a why. Like right. you, if you got into this business, you have to have a why. Anything that you do, you have to have a why. So when I first got into it, as you know, a total fluke. Like I had think I think I had just signed up to go to um, BCC broadcasting classes because I was going to finish my journalism um, courses there. Since I had moved from LA back home, and since everything started, you know, transpiring, that it was like, oh, you should definitely join somebody. I started asking questions, and I'm like, well, I'm not. I don't know anything in the business. I've been I've never lived in Broward. I was building this house in Broward and everybody told me you should definitely farm where you live, right? So that's what I did. I started there. And of course that wasn't that a big deal. But as I started to get better and started to read contracts and do things on my own, not really relying on a mega firm to back me up because that's not how I started. Um, I started to sharpen my own tools. And then when I realized like, okay, I know what I can bring to the table. I want it more. Right. And again, I always say that there's no coincidence. It's always a God incidence. I was sitting on my couch <laughs> and that. million dollar listing came on TV way back when it came on um, with um, Mr. Husto, the first one to ever do the series. And I remember thinking I could do that. I could totally do that. And I would do so good in that world. And then I thought, I need to find a niche. What am I passionate about? And right. of course, nowhere in my mind was a sports because I don't really care like that for sports. It wasn't something that I did. But I went to an event. And I always say, if you're always present to the moment, you will find opportunities. And I went to a meeting where there was a sports agent. Again, networking. That's what I was doing, looking for business. And I just happened to hear a sports agent say, it's so sad, but unfortunately, it's the world that we live in. He was being introduced to a young Dominican player who had signed like $68 million, nice. very wow. young kid. And he says, oh, that's just the way I like them, dumb Dominicans, <gasps> so I can play with their money. Oh, And my. when I heard that, I, I, knew in, I knew instantaneously he had no idea I was Dominican. I knew it. Was no way he would have said that in front of me. But as soon as he said that, I felt in my spirit, here's your niche. You could do something better. You could help these guys. Oh my and gosh. my first client, my first, first client, as soon as I started digging in and started finding stuff, I helped him set him up with a, a new financial firm. I helped him get um, like um, estate planning, like all these things that he didn't have and an accountant and all that. And I just did this for one person. It was my first client, one person. And that's all it took. He introduced me to everybody. Oh my God. And the birth of the concierge service. <laughs> Everything. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and a foundation. And look at how many people you are helping just by 
helping that one person. Ah, that's such a great story. That was it. Just one person. I love it. All right, we're. I can't. Can you believe we're out of time already? Oh I, I I could talk to you forever. Um, I I, I am gonna ask just because I've brought we brought it up a couple times. Is your social media? You have yeah. two. You have a you're a chef and a realtor, an and uh, <laughs> you do some amazing things. And I, I I'm telling you, your social media game is on point. How do you use that? Um, how, first of all, how do you find the time to manage it because it's perfect. And how has that helped you in your business? Um, time to manage it. Like, you know, lately, I don't mean to be like sad, but lately with everything that's been happening, I don't post or I haven't been posting and doing stuff because I believe that if you're going to influence anything, you should be authentic. Right. So if I'm not feeling it, I'm not doing it. But I will say um, in the last maybe two or three years, there was like a shift for me and I wanted to really be intentional and purposeful with everything, even if it meant a post. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to do that, I realized like, hmm, I have a talent in my hands for cooking and I can share with other moms that it's not that difficult if you cut these, you know, if you, if you do it this way. And I really just started it out of obedience. Like I just felt something in my heart tell me do it. And I'm like, let me do it. Not that I need to add another thing to my plate with two kids and a dog that weighs 134 pounds. What? And all the other stuff. Yes, I have a mastiff. So I honestly didn't think like I had the time to do it. But then I thought, well, I eat every day. That's right. Anything I do, why can't I just film what I'm cooking? And then that just took off. Aside from the fact, like I said, um, one of the things that I love doing for my clients is like some of my baseball players have like late night games and stuff like that. And I would get called. I would cook like a really healthy meal and then I would label it for them. And so they would call their wives and be like, oh, my God, that girl, she made this rice. And then the <laughs> wives would call me and be I need like, to know how you did this. Yes. <laughs> I remember one wife from the New York Yankees called me. She's like, listen, you need to stop making him stuff. And I go, Why? She's like. Cause now I have to learn this stuff. <laughs> what are you doing to me? That's oh awesome. my God. I got to know what's your favorite thing to cook. What's your favorite thing? I got to know. Anything with pasta and seafood. <gasps> Yum. Is that what we're yeah. eating at your house now? Laura, we're, we're, <laughs> Laura, we're Pam lunch. and I, we're going to your house for lunch now. <laughs> I'm on my, I'm already in the car. We're going to have a virtual um, cooking thing. I forgot to mention guys, <gasps> I got offered, um, the city of Pinecrest offered me um, to cook on their a website for their oh town. Oh my gosh, how cool. Um, yeah, so with the whole Corona thing, whatever. So yeah, so I will send you a little clip. So tune in oh, to Giselle as she cooks your favorite meal. <laughs> Giselle, you have a beautiful social media presence. Your, your, your story has been incredible. How can our listeners keep up with what you've been doing and you're doing in real estate and cooking? Where can they find you? Uh, well, at trust G and then look how meant I was to sell property. The word sell is in my name. So it's I saw that already. Yep. Knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so trust G sell because it's just me. And, um, and my cooking one is cooking with Giselle. And then Giselle is G-I-S-E-L-L. Yes, and say it French again. I like the French version of it. I know, I, I practice that. I told my husband all the time, I'm like, I need to go back just to him say Giselle. 
Giselle. That's awesome. <laughs> Giselle, thank you so much. We've had so much fun getting to know you, how you thank got you. there. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Bye, guys. Bye. Wow, awesome and inspiring. Thank you. Next week, we're talking with Greg Hayde. Greg is the regional vice president of our East Central region for Caldwell Banker, Florida, and he'll be sharing the three Ps to his roadmap to success, preparedness, planning, and perseverance. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, and review wherever podcasts are found. And share this episode with a friend. Join us next week for another unfiltered conversation about real estate. This is Pam, Cassie, and Laura on Resi Talk, reminding you to leave your mark.